Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Coming down in three, two, one. 2023, what a year it was. For mixed martial arts, for boxing, for combat sports. Incredible year for the UFC is in the books. Boxing still has a gigantic event this Saturday. Riyadh Arena in Saudi Arabia. Parker Porter, Otto Wallen are being sacrificial lambs to Deontay Wilder and Anthony Joshua. Hopefully we get that fight in 2024. Next week, I'll do, I guess, a preview and uh, do's and don'ts for 2024, what I'm looking forward to most. Maybe breakout superstar in the making. Tatiana Suarez, Bo Nickel, uh can Hamzat finally crack through to championship status? We will see. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do that next week. And uh, along with the 2023 awards, uh, best uh, UFC debut, best fight, best knockout, best submission. Hell of a year for knockouts. Submissions, pretty good. Nothing too crazy that uh, razzle-dazzled that standout. An amazing, incredible comeback fight. Uh, we'll get into that next week. Very excited for it. But first and foremost, pleasantries, window dressing. It's your boy, your brother-in-arms, Isaac Ike Feldman. Hope you guys are doing well. Hope you guys are having a nice holiday season. December should bring out the best in people, not the worst in people. Follow me everywhere at Iktagon. And if you want to learn more about your boy, your friend, your family member, um, Iktagon.com. So, UFC 296. Yes, Colby Covington crossed the fucking line, bringing up Leon Edwards' dead father. Horrible. And I don't know... I feel like Colby Covington is the last of the Conor McGregor era of that absolute disgusting trash talk. We kind of saw Conor McGregor take the turn with the trash talk uh, during and then obviously after the Floyd Mayweather fight. Floyd towed the line and got people riled up, but Conor did not take that page from him. Connor crossed the line to get under Floyd's skin to to make it uh, something that it wasn't. But Floyd was a common, cool customer like Khabib the year after and the fight after for McGregor. But in in the lead up to 2017, when May Mac happened, McGregor was excellent on the microphone with Jose Aldo, with Donald Cowboy Cerrone, with Jeremy Stevens, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Dustin Poirier. 
absolute savage. And that is, if they can encapsulate, I believe he was in the UFC from 2013 uh, up until 2016, the UFC 205 fight against Eddie Alvarez. If they can, like, capture that and make it the art of trash talk, if that becomes a book, that's... That's that's how it's done, folks. Jail Sonnen, very beautiful in his trash talk. Obviously, great salesperson and now doing media post-fighting career. Obviously, killing it with the analyst work and his podcast. Uh, we, we saw the clash between him and Hawani was just amazing. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, that was incredible. <laughs> Nobody wanted to give an inch. Hawani won the debate, but you just you couldn't get enough of what Chael was going to say because he was professionally rude, and that's how debate is done. It was an O to the Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith days on ESPN's first take, uh, or cold pizza originally, uh, and then turning into first take. That's what that reminded me of. Pure art of debate. Mike and the Mad Dog, Mike Francesa, Chris Mad Dog Russo on WFAN. I believe they started uh, early 90s, and it's well-known among everybody to do a a five-and-a-half-hour radio show with somebody uh, and just constantly make it friction. Sometimes there's smiles and uh, grins, but it's constantly a tug-of-war for... Who's right? Who's more entertaining? Who's smarter? And uh, everybody will always credit for Mike and the Mad Dog for their amazing debates. But yeah, Conor McGregor, he changed his whole generation of fighter. He made the suits popular. He made the trash talk super popular. It was popular with Tito Ortiz, Jail Sonnen, sure. But Conor McGregor took it to that next level. Like the UFC selling to Endeavor, Morris, uh, William Morris Endeavor, uh, bringing it to ESPN, being a part of mass, massive combat sports events with the McGregor Mayweather 4.3 pay-per-view buys, the Khabib Conor fight, 2.4 million pay-per-view buys. Obviously, the the whole... Uh, 2015, 2016 years for Conor McGregor with Jose Aldo, Nate Diaz, Eddie Alvarez, uh, Chad Mendes, just absolute amazing. Like those years were just amazing. If you're a combat sports fan and you're watching it unfold in real time and not with some uh, nifty uh, five year later YouTube documentary that some individual user made. Like if you were living in the moment, listening to Joe Rogan before the whole politics and the world wanted to come crashing down on Joe Rogan's shoulders, Joe Rogan having Chael Sonnen on, Brendan Schaub on, and, and just talking about what we're seeing from this this Irishman, it was just absolutely phenomenal. Now my point is, it's gotten too far. It's gotten ugly. It's gotten dark again. What Colby Covington did was dumb and a poor sales tactic, and you wonder how that man sleeps uh, at night. He did, however, pivot towards a future fight, which was a very intelligent business move, which he started attacking Wonder Boy. And maybe Ben Davis uh, online really picked it up the most 
that this is great. Like, what what did Wonder Boy ever do to Kobe Covington? Um, yeah, it's going to be classic good Jedi versus Sith Jedi battle. Good versus bad. Uh, Wonder Boy, maybe he even cracks through and drops some like psychological uh, Kabbalah, Buddha, some type of like poetry that says like Kobe. Maybe you didn't get a hug by your dad when you were younger, but my dad is in my corner always. Like maybe we can get that from Wonder Boy. Just another layer to him because Wonder Boy, he's pleasant, he is polite. He's just a person that is gushes a innocent and pure and joyous aura to him. Like it will be almost impossible to find dirt on Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, but Colby Covington is trying. He's already taken shots at uh, uh, Stephen Wonderboy's. Uh, academy and lifestyle that he's he's a pedophile because he hangs around kids he teaches kids he drives kids around um it's it's cheesy and it's funny uh i think people will recognize that how ridiculous it is what colby said about leon edwards father uh was too far and he was saying in the post fight that he doesn't feel bad for what he said even in hindsight because leon edwards father was involved in gang violence and uh that's just that's not telling the whole story it really isn't uh there's a whole systematic side to it that is not being told or presented by colby covington and uh it was dark it was dark. Uh, a lot of people say that Kobe's stick is old and we're tired of it. No, that that's who he is. I think it's just on steroids when he has the sunglasses on and he's in front of a microphone. But to think that's just some type of act that Kobe is when he goes home, he's like, yeah, I'm actually a Democrat or yeah, uh, joy to the world. No, no, no. That, that Kobe is this hardcore Republican that uh, that believes in respecting the strong and uh, that's it. Uh, I get it. I get it. And I think people need to not fight him on that, but kind of play mental or verbal jujitsu with it which i think steven wonderboy thompson will where he just calls him out like why are you so angry why do you have this hate towards me what did i do to you like if if he can do that i think steven wonderboy thompson can break the this anger tirade that colby on colby is on I, i just feel like he's angry i feel like uh something is not settled there's something unsettled in his mind that needs to be settled and i don't think it's could it just be as simple as just winning that ufc gold and all of a sudden he's gonna be like all right guys i did it i'm sorry i'm here i made it i'm sorry like and he's just gonna weep on the microphone to joe rogan after he becomes a ufc champion no that if he wants to be a ufc champion there's some truth that he has to speak in the lead up um 
yeah, so we'll see. I know I'm getting down the uh, psychological uh, side of things, but I believe that is one of the biggest factors in mixed martial arts, uh, the psychological side of things. Uh, more than any other sport on this planet, mixed martial arts involves uh, psyche and having a strong mindset. One day, I will study uh, some type of like psychology class and to really be able to translate my words from uh, shooting from the hip, guessing kind of, uh, armchair, quarterback, diagnosing to actually understanding uh, what I'm hearing, what I'm looking at when it comes to fighters, uh, fighters speak, you know, that strength that they want to exude, that confidence that they want to exude. Sometimes it doesn't even take a master's degree in psychology to see that a fighter is just projecting this persona that they think everybody wants to see. Sometimes it's that obvious. You could be a 16-year-old and you're like, oh, uh, Connor is uh, he's not who he used to be, but he's trying to sell us on that. But the fight itself, Leon Edwards, Colby Covington, high-level martial arts. Leon did what he told me he was going to do. He guaranteed a takedown. He took Colby down uh, at least twice. He was able to uh, wizard Colby, keep him off, get back to his feet. He obviously got caught up in some emotional, uh, obviously, you know, Colby, uh, that's what he went for, being a mental terrorist in the lead-up. And Leon uh, was a product of that. But for the most part, for I'd say 95% of the fight, he was calm and composed. Uh, getting back to his feet on the first scramble and then landing that head kick right on the ear of Kobe Covington was fucking beautiful martial arts technique. Absolutely beautiful. And uh, Leon looked great. People are talking about his gas tank being an issue because of the Usman fight. If I'm not mistaken, he knocked out Usman in the last minute at elevation. Usman is somebody who trains in Colorado, which is elevated, and the shift to Utah for their fight at UFC 278 in Salt Lake City uh, probably was not that severe for Usman. But Edwards, obviously, he was dragging. He wasn't himself through the first four rounds and uh, four minutes, but he found it. He dug deep, and uh, his great coach, Dave Lavelle, just that infamous Rocky speech. Now, come on, son, you can do it. I don't think cardio is an issue for him. Uh, what what are people going to point to, the Nate Diaz thing? I would say that's more of a, a focus thing. I feel like he was so far ahead on the scorecards with Nate Diaz that he, he just lost focus, and he got freaking tagged out of left field from Nate Diaz down the pipe. I think even if the fight went another round, uh, Leon Edwards would have woken up from uh, those heavy punches that Nate Diaz landed on him. Uh, so I'm not worried about his gas tank. Uh, look, Nobody's going to reference the uh, the fight in his backyard in the O2 Arena against Usman, UFC 286, the rematch. Nobody's going to reference that, uh, that Leon's gas tank looked <laughs> perfectly there. And uh, I think he... I think he looked great against Colby. I think uh, there were a couple of moments, like I said, 95% he seemed focused, but there were a couple of moments where he did these emotional exchange. Uh, 
his the martial arts technique was fueled by emotion. Shooting for a takedown after Colby got a takedown. Uh, when he got back to his feet, his, like, his blood was pumping, his muscles were filled, and he looked a little like, okay, I got to catch my breath. Like He's still that, that angry kid that has so much to prove. And I think the peak fight is his next fight, in my opinion. I think the next fight for Leon Edwards, everybody will respect him. He may even claim the number one pound-for-pound spot because we may get him versing the number one pound-for-pound fighter in Islam Makachev. I want to see that fight at 170. I think that's great. I think Makachev is a a big, beefy, lightweight. Um, Or we can do Edwards versus the winner of uh, the 185 fight next month, which would be absolute bananas. If Drekus Duplessis... uh, beat Sean Strickland you talk about that would be the optics on seeing uh Duplessis stand next to Edwards would just be insane unless Edwards is taller than he looks Duplessis is just a vanilla gorilla just this big old dude that looks like he could walk on his hands um now originally I I thought that Sean Strickland was going to win but now with this whole uh the the engineered uh promo where Sean Strickland is fighting Drekis uh Duplessis in the T-Mobile Arena during UFC 296 ridiculous because now uh for the wrong reasons I feel like Sean Strickland is getting attention uh I feel like there may be, again, diving into the psychology. We're just under a month from that fight, uh, December 21st it is today. That fight's January 20th. And you hope that Sean Strickland can wipe away or has annihilated or has chained down those demons that he talks about so much on Rogan, on the UFC Unfiltered podcast, uh, where he talks about the the crummy childhood that he had and the the not so fatherly figure he had as a father uh as a child and if he can keep those same demons down that have gotten to this point of stardom and championship status if he does not resurrect those demons over this next month he will win but my worry is now he's back to the street fighting Sean Strickland. He, he mentioned for years, for years, that he lives in Vegas, but he has nothing to do with the strip, the hotels, the casinos, the nightclubs, the shows, the events in Vegas. He is so far away from the scene in Vegas uh, that he has to be to keep him his mind at peace because he just can't be around people. He will hurt somebody who will hurt himself if he's around people. And that's a very, very uh, weird play the UFC and specifically Dana White did. Dana White said in his post-fight press conference that uh, he's the asshole that is responsible for assigning Sean Strickland there. Yeah, I mean, is there a contract coming up? Uh, with Sean Strickland and you're you're getting inside of his head because you know one month from now is a, a long time for the man to remain focused and 
it's well known how much he spars, how much he's in the gym, how good of a shape he's in. Um, this is where Sean Strickland should lean on an Eric Nixick or a Curtis Action Man, uh, Chris Action Man Curtis. Uh, and you hope they step in there and they, they say, fuck all the politics. You got into this martial arts game because it is your drug of choice. You could have uh, drowned in a bottle or you could have uh, died on a needle, but you are here. You're a championship status. You've earned the title. What he did, guys, at UFC 293, going to uh, the home uh, territory of Israel Adesanya is insane. And then to put on that performance, no jet lag, no cardio problems, just absolute savage, dialed in that night, and just beautiful boxing, beautiful technique, power when he needed it, uh, dominated the, the footwork game, just it was a masterclass. Is that the peak of Sean Strickland? That that's what I mean. Like that is that fight was a masterpiece. It was perfection by Sean Strickland. And is something off now? Is something really, really off with Sean Strickland going into the next one? I don't like that he was in that arena. Maybe they paid him uh twenty five hundred dollars. <laughs> to make an appearance, $5,000. And he said, yeah, sure, I'm going to watch fights. I live in Vegas. The fights are in Vegas. What could go wrong? And Duplessis was sitting about three or four rows behind him. Uh, The UFC camera shows Duplessis flexing, and then they show Strickland flexing. Strickland shoots an imaginary gun with his finger at Duplessis. Duplessis dodges it. Then he does a gun gesture towards Strickland. I don't think Strickland is listening or even present at this point. I think he's already turned red. Yes, he had the presence of mind to ask the Gilbert Burns family to move aside before he tramples a the guy he's supposed to fight next month as the headliner, but definitely wasn't worth it. Definitely wasn't worth it. He's going to get a nice payday, two to three million dollars, uh, to be the headliner, uh, for the next event, no doubt about it. Alexander Volkanovsky, two to three million dollars to fill in on short notice against Islam Makachev. Aljamain Sterling, one to two million dollars to turn around on such short time for being well known for having the biggest balloon ups, uh, post fight. The UFC, by sprinkling in these extra dollars, they, when you have an unlimited amount of funds, that can almost make you control every piece in the puzzle. The factor that is not taken in is the spirituality side of this, uh, like the Francis Ngannou's, where there's there's something inside of us that beats blood through our body called heart that cannot be bought or sold and Francis Ngannou was not going to take one two three four five extra million dollars to do what they wanted Francis Ngannou had a bigger heart than all the people I listed and the confidence and the self-belief and it's paid off and it's paying off tenfold so as time goes on people will appreciate more what Francis Ngannou had the courage to do 
But for now, we're seeing the game where the UFC has to orchestrate things to make it make the juice worth the squeeze because there is a there is going to be a time i believe at the end of next year where they can start the talks of the future broadcast uh they got 2.1 billion dollars for this ESPN deal are they going to re up with ESPN for 10 years that's 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 what could happen if they did a seven year deal already. Let's say you get 2019, 20, 21, 22, 23. This is five years. Uh, yeah, next year with the end of six. Yeah, and you always start negotiations at the beginning of the final year of the contract. Are they going to be re up with the UFC for ten years, or are they going to go on Meta? Are they going to be an exclusive uh, sport on Meta TV or XTV? Elon Musk or Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, is Spotify going to buy the UFC? Is NBC, CBS, Fox, uh, are they going to want to get in on the pie? Because it's only getting bigger. And it's not just Conor McGregor. Everybody talks about the face of MMA. Was it Chuck Liddell? Hoist Gracie, uh, was it Forrest Griffin, Ronda Rousey, John Jones, Brock Lesnar, Conor McGregor? No, the face of the UFC is Dana White and the UFC itself. Uh, I don't see it getting a broadcast deal anything less than seven years again. They did seven years with Fox. They're going to complete seven years with ESPN. It could be as high as 10 years. It could be a 10-year, $5 billion deal. Uh, yeah, that's that's the trajectory the UFC is on. It's only getting bigger. I truly believe it's going to be the biggest sport in the year uh, in the world. It's going to surpass uh, football worldwide. And uh, yeah, it's, it's incredible to see. So the UFC micromanaging event to event with sprinkling a little dough here, a million, two million, three million, a little dough remy there, one million, two million, five million if they have to. Uh you're getting these pay per view events that are selling themselves. Uh yeah. It's cool to see uh as a business class. And uh I'm happy because the sport continues to grow continues to grow and gives jobs and opportunities to people who are absolutely passionate about. So it's, uh, it's only going to get bigger folks. UFC 296. I talked about the biggest points, Sean Strickland fighting in the stands, obviously, uh, Colby Covington's antics with Leon Edwards, but the co-main event, Brandon Roy Val factory X's against American top teams, Alexandro Pantoja, uh, Fun fight, fun fight. Seems like Roy Val was just too excited, couldn't get settled in. Uh, Pantoja did what he did. I thought he was going to be too big for 25, uh, 125. I thought maybe this is a fight where he would get caught. But no, the man is on another level. He still has not peaked yet. The peak fight is coming for Pantoja. That's what he proved to me. That's what he proved to me. 
fun fight. Uh, pretty good, pretty good. But the division moves on. And like I'm about to move on. Shavkat, Rachmanov, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, Shavkat, 18 up, 18 down. <sighs> the man is the Arter Better Biev of mixed martial arts. Uh, 100% finish rate comes from that that Stanny background over in those mountain region areas. Just hard nosed, very stoic, very soft spoken, and enjoys his job of competing and winning. And what's next for Rachmanov? In my opinion, needs to be Bilal Muhammad. As I pointed out earlier, Leon Edwards fighting either Islam Makachev or winner of the UFC 297 main event makes the most sense. It sells the most pay-per-view buys. I love Bilal Muhammad. I think he is extremely intelligent. I think he speaks extremely well on the mic. He's a fighter that has just gone from LFA champion to now UFC number one, number two contender. Like he is... He's the man, and he's in the driver's seat. And it's great to see how hard work can pay off. And I know the the storyline is already written in with him and Leon and the infamous eye poke, um, but not yet. Joe Rogan, Shavkat, they were mentioning title fight next. Bilal Muhammad is obviously clamoring for a title fight. I love Bilal Muhammad versus Shavkat Rachmanov. Now, this is how I will know that there is company lines that Joe Rogan has to adhere by. Alex Pajeda does not speak English. Alex Pajeda's only words in English was, Come to Daddy Adesanya, following his UFC 295 victory over Yuri Prohaska at Madison Square Garden. His only words were, Come to Daddy Adesanya, meaning come up to 205, do the trilogy in the ufc bing bang boom dane uh joe rogan dana white have just overlooked it israel adesanya pushed it to the side they they don't want to do it it's just so now with joe rogan bringing up title fight with rock Manoff and obviously Bilal muhammad wants a title fight you guys have two guys that really want a title fight you pair them up each other and if you can the champion just fought. Rachmanov just fought. Bilal Muhammad is ready to fight, but he can't fight Leon Edwards any sooner than he can fight Rachmanov. You get Leon Edwards in that super fight against a division champion, whether it's the lightweight champion or the middleweight champion, and uh, that's what you do. Bilal Muhammad versus Shavkat is just... That's a great number one contenders fight. Let's see if Shavkat is ready. If he can beat Bilal Muhammad and not like an Almeida Derek Lewis victory, if he can really put put it on Bilal and vice versa. If Bilal isn't just clinching and pushing Shavkat against the fence, if we get two guys who say they want to be champion and we get a fight that expresses that that's the perfect fight to make that's the perfect fight to make
what else? I don't have the fights in front of me. Uh, Patty Pimlet, Tony Ferguson. Um, yeah, Patty Pimlet. He is a freaking gorilla for lightweight. He is big. There was some point where he's uh, posturing up in Tony Ferguson's guard, and you can't see Tony Ferguson. Like he just he disappears. I know he's skinny and slender, and kind of looks like a pack of bones, but Patty Pimlet just blanketed him. Uh, uh, amazing how Tony survived that early onslaught and made it to the end of the, uh, to the end of the the fight. But Patty Pimlet is a big boy. He could easily go up to one seventy. I mean, right now he's probably the size walking around of a welterweight walking around. He's probably one ninety, one ninety five right now. My goodness, uh, I would like to see him at one seventy. Maybe next year he just does a one-off fight. And can we just get him with no gas tank blips? Uh, maybe his power just grows. He's got to get his chin down. He was saying, he was blaming it on his hair in the past that he was constantly keeping his chin up because he's flicking his hair back and it's in his eyeballs. He gets the corn rolls like uh, Matt Steamroller for Vola. Uh, maybe there's some impersonation going on there uh, or flattery. And... Uh, Patty Pimlet gets the win. Tony Ferguson doesn't die. Still lost seven straight. But Patty Pimlet now can shut the haters up for the time being. He's a good dude. Uh, congrats to him and his partner. Uh, twin twin babies on the way. That will be very exciting. I expect a big fight for him in July maybe. Maybe he takes another year just to develop his brand is so big that he should only pick and choose. I know he said that if it's a name the UFC sends, he just signs the dotted line. Come on, man. It ain't easy being a dad, a young dad, and keeping the cool at home while chasing the dream at work. So he should pick and choose his next opponent. Be smart about it. Nothing crazy. Just... Just keep the gravy train moving. That's it. Tony Ferguson. I see that Jim Miller is booked in January. I see that Michael Johnson is booked for February. But if either of those fighters get a victory, I would love to see Tony Ferguson fight them at UFC 300 in a retirement fight. A double retirement fight. Can we double retire Jim Miller and Tony Ferguson or double retire Michael Johnson and Tony Ferguson as one of the prelim fights on ESPN? I think that'd be a beautiful send-off on a gigantic event. Speaking of UFC 300, I uh, just got some word that uh, Dana White is going to make some announcements very soon. So I wonder what it could be. He said it's not going to be the whole card, but some fights uh I don't know what fights are left to match, make, and book. There's the Conor McGregor and Chandler. I think that will just make everybody lose their mind. Uh, can we get, let's see, can we get, uh, if I want Brock DC, Ronda Tate, Conor Chandler, can you give us one of those three? And say, guys, folks, there's a lot more to be announced. I think that would be that would be awesome. So 
what do we have next? There's uh what other fight? Am I missing one fight? I feel like uh I talked about the Pimlet. Uh let me see. Oh my gosh, who kicked off the pay per view? Who kicked off the pay per view? Let's see. Da, 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 da. Josh Emmett, Bryce Mitchell. Oh my goodness. That was crazy. Uh a lot of people are on Josh Emmett for how he acted. He screamed at Bryce Mitchell and then he was apologetic in his body language. Uh but unless you've been in there, nobody can actually pretend like they know what it feels like to be on the first card on a UFC pay-per-view and you knock out somebody with one clean punch and I don't think he saw the seizure that was happening Uh, so I think he just reacted as if Everything was going to be okay with Bryce Mitchell, but Bryce Mitchell took a really serious shot to the face and the nose, and he was convulsing, and he was wobbly-legged even minutes after the fight. Joe Rogan, Daniel Cormier were very uh, adamant that he needed to be escorted out of there safely, but very, very, very scary uh, to see that. And uh great win for Emmett. Back into the win column after losing to Yair Rodriguez earlier this year. Uh, for Bryce Mitchell, took the fight on short notice. I'm sure he got paid to show up. But it's still, that's, he's fought some, he's fought some big boys at that featherweight weight class. So either he needs to, bulk up and let's see he's fought Epson Barbosa, Ilya Taporia, Josh Emmett. Big boy, big boy, big boy. Uh I don't know. I don't know. Because everybody is a fan of Bryce Mitchell. I believe John Anik believes that he's the best jujitsu pr- practitioner in the UFC, big statement, but I would argue that guys that are probably better than Bryce Mitchell in jiu-jitsu, Damian Maya, Charles Oliveira, those guys have either won a UFC title or have fought for it multiple times, and it's hard to imagine Bryce Mitchell getting a title fight anytime soon. He really needs to take a lot of time off and he really needs to think about strategy because everybody knows he wants to drag the fight to the floor. Everybody knows that he presents a high-level jiu-jitsu game. So how can he get the fight to the floor? Is he Maybe he just does wrestling practice for the next six to eight months. Uh Maybe he puts on weight so that way if he goes for a traditional jiu-jitsu takedown, 
uh, or judo takedown, head arm takedown, inside trip takedown, uh, then he will have a little more force behind it. But for him to think that he's going to hang on the feet with the featherweight elites like Volkanovski, Ilya Taporia, Josh Emmett, Max Holloway, Calvin Cater, he, he he's delusional to think that. So I pray for Bryce. Obviously want him to have a speedy recovery. Obviously know that he's super cool with the New York guys. Um, Aljermaine Sterling, Ally Quinta, uh, Pumi Nkuta. Shout out to Pumi for coming back and win. Never doubted you, kid. Um, but Bryce Mitchell, something needs to happen. Because <sighs> that was tough. That was tough to watch. And I know it sounds like I'm being harsh, but it's like you don't want to see that happen to him again. You don't want to see that, especially if you care for him. I'm sure he's hearing that from family members like, dude, what are we doing? Are you going to retire? And I hope he takes that energy and the time to think and realize that a change has to be made. Yeah, taking a fight on a short notice isn't great, but that had nothing to do with technique. He was a sitting duck there. Uh, Josh Emmett kind of crow hopped, shuffled forward, found his balance and just unleashed a throw from the right field wall to third base on Bryce Mitchell's jaw. Tough, tough. Earlier fights, Alonzo Meadowfield looked fucking dangerous against Dustin Jacoby, Irene Aldana against Carol Rosa, one of the craziest fights you will see this year. Cody Garbrandt returns to his winning form against Suffolk County's own, Long Island's own, Brian Kelleher. Cody Garbrandt looks sharp. Joe Rogan pointed out it doesn't look like his skills have diminished. Uh, you just hope that jaw can replenish. Uh, as he has the tools, he's still fast, he's still powerful, but does he have uh, any sort of defense now that he's getting older and he's maturing? We'll see. Irania uh, Lipsky against uh, Casey O'Neill. Fantastic brutalizing from the queen of violence, Lipsky. Uh, beautiful handiwork on the feet to knock down Casey O'Neill. Uh, that then led to the submission. Looked like she was about to break O'Neill's arm. Uh, beautiful submission. Beautiful win. Uh, yeah. It was a it was a great event. I hope you guys get to check out some of the work I've done on GiveMeSport.com. I'm pumping out content for them every day, every night. Hope you guys are enjoying it. The clips with the Patty Pimlet interview and Leon Edwards interview. It was a great job by the video editing team over at GiveMeSport. Having a lot of fun doing what I love. I hope you guys are enjoying this content. Everybody have uh, a great holiday weekend. Your boy, Isaac Ike Feldman, will check in with you next week. We're going to do some MMA 2023 awards and 2024 look forward. It'll be fun. Until then, I'm out. Peace. 
thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.